Oh yeah, another episode of Before You Kill Yourself. Thank you, look, thank you for tuning in. You had a million other options. I'm excited about today's episode. We're going to talk about how to be more creative, how to feel more useful, and and why your moods, your depression, your anxiety, your lethargy, your excitement, all these different moods, why they are good, why they are great, or better yet, how to how to contextualize them. That's 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 a better word. I don't like good or bad. That isn't really that's such a vague statement. But we're going to talk about how to contextualize our emotions uh, so we're not overwhelmed by our emotions. Um, but uh, I just want to say it's been a while since I've talked to you directly. I've had a bunch of guests on recently. I think the last eight, six to eight episodes have been with a guest. And I feel like I haven't I haven't talked to you in a while. So I'm excited for that reason also. Uh let you in on my life a little bit recently, uh, where I'm at, where I'm headed, and uh and then we're gonna get into uh talking about how to feel useful, creative, and uh how to uh better manage our emotions, especially our social anxiety. A lot of people are having social anxiety. Uh, and it's come up, uh, those three things have come up very recently in different forms. So uh, I'm going to talk about that. Uh, but first, I want to say big thank you to everyone who came to my show in Chicago at the Improv. Uh, I was there with Michael Yo. Uh, he was the headliner. And then also uh, Melissa, ugh, I forgot her last name. But she was the host. She was great. And uh, I had a bunch of friends from high school, from college, all show up. That really felt good. It feels good to be able to connect with people from your past, some who I haven't seen since high school. And we we picked up like it was nothing. There was I gave we hugged everyone. Um, and I said, and, I, and the only reason why we were able to connect was because of Facebook. Mark Zuckerberg, good old Mark Zuckerberg, uniting people, bringing people together. Um, but I decided at that moment I didn't want Mark Zuckerberg to have all that power. So uh, I told everyone who was there, all my friends at least from high school, and I was like, everyone take down my phone number. I did, in case... In case Zucker, in case this trial with Facebook, in case you know Zuckerberg is brought up on some charges, or Facebook gets uh, taken out, or there's no internet, um, take down my number. Let's, co- let's connect in real life, real time, and uh, it just felt good. It felt good. I had some great shows. Uh, we went out afterwards uh, for drinks, and uh, yeah, it was just good. My mom. <laughs> my mom is uh 67 68 uh still smiling her favorite word is wonderful she loves to say oh that's wonderful 
Oh, that's just wonderful. Always saying wonderful. And uh, and so I, my mom, she's taking care of a woman who is 80 years old or 85 and has Alzheimer's. The lady that she's taking care of has Alzheimer's, and but was a neurosurgeon, which is crazy. It's like this woman who worked on a brain for so many decades uh, now has Alzheimer's. And so my mom and uh, uh, and the and her and the lady she's taking care of, they came up to Schaumburg because Schaumburg's like a half hour from Chicago, and I took them out to lunch, and uh, the lady doesn't talk much. She's like not an advanced stage, but I guess, um, but she's at the stage where she doesn't say much, but she sings a lot. And my mom said she loves to sing. Italian opera. So I gave her my headphones and sure enough, I uh, put on some I put on some Pavarotti. But you know about that Pavarotti. I put on some Pavarotti and she was just belting her her little um uh her heart out in um Red Robins, which is a restaurant. <laughs> but it was funny cuz she was clearly aware of where she was cuz she wasn't, you know, yelling or, or disruptive to anyone around us, but just enough so that we could hear. And it just almost brought a tear to my eye because uh, I read somewhere that people with uh, memory issues, dementia, Alzheimer's, the like, if uh, you, you want to give them things that bring them back to their childhood that have some type of uh, emotional connection, especially music or TV shows or certain foods. Apparently she loves McDonald's. Every time they walk by a McDonald's, uh, she, the the lady will grab the door, and then my mom has to wrestle her hands away from it. So it was that. Uh, and my mom, you know, she is. I realize I, I'm never gonna feel old or be old because my mom is a. a she's 68, but she is uh, more eight or six than 68. If you know what I mean. I took her into. My mom's one of those places, so we go into the mall, and she has to talk to everybody, right? And not just real quick, hi, hello. My mom has long, in-depth conversations with strangers and wants to know everything. My mom could be there for hours talking to one person and genuinely and truly curious about people's life. And so we end up, for of course, the first store we walk into, start talking to the sales lady, and my mom and the sales lady are off and running for the next hour, and um, it's to the point where I got I got to kidnap my mom. I got to I got to throw a hoodie over her head, and then yank her out under uh, you know uh, against her free will. But the lady we ended up talking to was fascinating because she was talking about how her great grandmother is still alive. I know I'm throwing a lot of characters at you right now. But the, the sales lady's great-grandmother is 115 years old and lives in Oaxaca, Mexico, which I, I looked it up. There's a bunch of uh, centenarians up there. The, they live up in the hills, very rural. And I asked. she said her great-grandmother doesn't wear glasses. I'm 43 and I'm wearing glasses. Doesn't have any hearing aids, no cane gets around, um, 
you know, I don't mean like get around. I mean, you know, still mobile, ambulatory, and, uh, you know, re- sharp as attack. I asked, I said, how? At 115, because those of you who, who have listened, I want to, my goal is to live to 100 years old. I want to get to 100. And so, uh, but I'm not going <laughs> to, I'm not going to do it the way her great grandmother's doing it. Because she said her great grandmother eats everything from the ground, from the earth, what she's grown basically. Uh, and that's not going to happen for Leo Flowers. I'm not eating anything off the ground in L.A. Uh, there's a bunch of uh, bodily fluids on the ground in L.A. Uh, so uh, I'll, that's I'm all right. I'm going to get it from the farms of San Jose or Oaxaca, if possible. I'm, I'm going to go into Whole Foods, get that grub. The And then she said that not only that, but the house... The, or the hut that she lives in, she made herself, of, of course, like the community pitches in, uh, the other villagers, uh, and then the utensils they use, everything that they have from pretty much the clothes to the house to the utensils, they've made with their own hands. And, you know, if they're whatever they ate that day, they either plucked from the earth or got from their farm animals, uh, you know, the chickens and cows or what have you or they went fishing for it so every day has a purpose has meaning has uh uh there's activity involved and you have to be sharp and and know when to grow what when and where and uh it's just it's not one of those lifestyles where you can just be on automatic pilot like your the animals need tending to excuse me uh, that the hut needs to be reinforced. Uh, you have to go fishing, um, and you know some days you'll catch it quick. Some ta- some days it'll take a couple hours. What have you? You're making bread. If they when, when they're eating bread, they're making that with their hands. Um, it's just the when when you know we as Americans, especially well, I, you know these magazines when they talk about it's a lifestyle. It really is a lifestyle, and and she fortunately has had a life, even though it's been a physical life, it's been an enriching and nourishing uh, life versus some back breaking uh, physical life. So, it, so my point is, it was a great trip. And met some interesting people, and I was I was glad to see my mom, who I haven't seen in a year. Uh, she, yeah, a straight up nine. I took her into the Bath and Body Works, and my mom's the type of person who not only has to talk to everybody, but she has to uh, try all the samples. Take her to Bath and Body Works. She is spritzing, spraying, pumping all the lotions, all the scents, and and in the same, just mix it, just like it's a like it's a stew in her hand. It's not like she's pumping some lotion in her hands and rubbing it in. She's just going from pump to pump. all the testers, just straight through. Uh, and so I have to kidnap her out of Bath and Body Works. Also, she smelled great though. She smelled she smelled amazing. Uh, I'm sure she'll smell amazing for the next two years with everything she was spritzing and pumping uh, in there. 
Uh, I want to talk about, we are going to get into how to be creative, how to feel useful, and also how to deal with social anxiety. Uh, but before we even get into that, I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, uh, nutrition in terms of the, um, uh, why is my brain freezing? So as 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 you know, if you've been listening, that uh, I struggle with um, uh, anxiety, especially social anxiety. I struggle with uh, depression and suicide ideation, hence the, the podcast. And I'll, but I, I recognize that part of it is biological, part of it's environmental, part of it is also how, what I'm eating. This feels almost like a, I'm doing a commercial for something. But um, a good friend of mine, Chris Gorbus, who is uh, the owner of Westside Comedy Club, he posted something on Facebook that I was like, that's interesting. He posted, you know, feed a cold, starve a flu. I forget if it's the or starve a cold, feed a flu, whichever it is. He said, but then he goes on to say, keto your anxiety and intermittent fast your depression. So keto is K-E-T-O, your anxiety, uh, and intermittent fast your depression. So keto is basically a low carb diet. Now does that mean you can't have any carbs? No. But that means that you're primarily getting your sources of fuel from proteins and fats and vegetables, right? So uh they and they don't really not to say they don't limit it, but it's heavy into avocados, coconut oil, uh like bulletproof coffee if you've had that. Uh, was part of the keto diet. Um, you would have something like almond flour pancakes, uh, eggs with bacon, and squash for breakfast. Um, you know, uh, turkey with. Um, uh, you could have some sweet potatoes, not a lot. Some sweet potatoes in in a salad for lunch. Salmon with zucchini pasta. Uh, for dinner, that kind of thing. So it's heavy on a protein, heavy uh, on the fats, uh, but it's and especially heavy uh, on the vegetables. And and I could tell that is already making a lot of you nervous or anxious already to be like no carbs. That's crazy. Um, but it's just more of a low carb diet because as we know, sugar can spiral us up and down. You know, it's like, that's why we don't give, you know, I used to babysit and, and uh, I say babysit, but I watched my, my nieces and nephews when I was younger. And even when I was spending the night over an adult's house, I always remember them saying that they didn't want to give us a lot of sugar because then we'd be wired and couldn't sleep at night or no soda because then I, I remember peeing to bed uh, Tory Felton. I stayed the night at his house and uh, slept in the in the bed and peed the bed and went to breakfast that next morning. I was so ashamed. I didn't say anything, and I remember sitting at breakfast with uh, urine stained uh, underwear and pants on. So embarrassing. I left it there. And and she didn't. She never said anything. I know that she knew. Of course, she. I mean, it's urine. You're gonna smell that. 
but she never said a word. Let me sit there eat my pancakes and sausage. So shout out to Tori Felton's mom for not embarrassing your boy, Leo Flowers. I think because it was also a Sunday, you know, she was feeling the Lord up in her. Um, so that I've also noticed, so even with the with my anxiety, if I keep my carbs low, if I'm high protein, high fat, I just feel uh, even. I feel leveled. I feel neutral. It's it's uh, it's synonymous with meditating. Uh, for those of you who are like, I can't meditate. You can't sit still. Going on a keto diet, and it's not something that you have to do every day. It's not it's not something that has to be all of a sudden. Excuse me. You're you're at a birthday party and you can't have cake. It's a tool. That's how I want you to think about these things. It's a tool in the toolkit for those moments where, say, like you're gonna have a stressful. You, you expect to, you expect to have a stressful day, a busy day, and you need to be focused, calm, clear, in the pocket, um, and collected. That so you 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 have to decide that um, what you're putting in your body for that day is going to help you be optimal for that day, right? If it's a day where you're staying at home and you're just lounging, not doing anything, um, great, eat, eat the cake if you want. But if, if you have to get things done and work with other people and, um, and make decisions, especially if it's regarding if people's lives are on the line, you have to give a presentation, um, or if you haven't gotten enough sleep the night before, you definitely want to go keto. So remember, I want you to think of the keto diet, and it's something you could just Google, K-E-T-O, look up the breakfast, look up the lunch, look up the dinner, and you don't have to go full keto. Maybe just go have a keto breakfast, see how that feels uh, every day for a week or for three days um, or even for a day, right? Or just have a keto lunch or a keto dinner, whatever. Just pick one keto meal and then see how you feel um, going into the, the next thing. And uh, I promise you it's something that once you know it's a tool, what it'll do is it'll, it'll, re, it'll get, make you feel empowered. Because now you know when you have those days or those moments where uh, you have to be focused um, and, and, and locked in which should be hopefully that's most days for you that you're on this keto diet. Um, and, uh, and that'll help neutralize you because the prescription pills can't do everything for you. The meditation can't do everything. It also is about what we are fueling our bodies and our minds with, right? Because food, it breaks down into chemicals and that's what pills are. They're chemical. So it's going to unlock, uh, you for the, the good or the bad, right? So keto your anxiety. Intermittent fasting. For those of you, if you're, if you're struggling with depression right now, and, and this is a hard thing to do once you're in it, but if, if you can do it, to, intermittent fasting is no food. You can have water only, no tea, no coffee, no liquid beverages, Excuse me. It's the middle of the day, and this is my nap time, but I have to uh, get this done. And the humidity is insane. I, I feel congested. Yeah, I'm super congested right now. I'm not getting the oxygen 
I need. So you're probably going to hear me yawning a, a million times. But going back to the intermittent fasting is it's something that you, I, I do it often. It helps me sleep at night. It helps me wake up in the morning. And it kind of, it sets the tone for the day. So intermittent fasting, like I said, is going at least 12 hours without eating anything and not drinking anything. Because even if you drink a soda or a coffee or a tea, that activates your metabolism. It, your body is taking in. There's a plane going by. Or is that a helicopter? I think that's a helicopter. Um, and so to go 12 hours. And, and if and if you're on a good schedule, hopefully you're sleeping for, you know, seven to nine of those hours. Hopefully, right? If you get seven to nine hours, then you just have a few more hours to go. Now, optimally, if you're, if you're talking about optimizing the benefits of intermittent fasting, uh, to go f uh, 14 hours. 14 to 16 hours. I've gone, I think, 15, wait, uh, 12, 14, 15, 16. I've gone 16 to 17 hours without eating anything else um, and just drinking water. And, oh my God, excuse me. Excuse me, ladies and gentlemen. Um, that, and it wasn't hard. It wasn't a challenge for me at all. I, I didn't feel strong hunger pains. I didn't feel like um, I was hurting my body. Uh, I wasn't thinking about food. There was, there was always like a, a brief window, a sandstorm, as we say. If you, if you go back a few episodes, not a few, I think maybe 10 or 12 episodes, uh, one of the episodes is titled Sandstorms and Something Else. But... Um, but so, you know, that hunger sandstorm came through and I just I just waited it out. And next thing I know, there was no more hunger sandstorm. So keto, your anxiety, just look into it. Try it. Try it for a day. Try it for a meal. And then you'll know that it's a it's a weapon available to you to help neutralize your emotions. Now, is it the, the overall cure all? No. Because uh, you, you still have to take action um, on the things that, like if you're anxious about money, you still have to take action in terms of figuring out how you're going to make money, save money, manage money. So it doesn't mean that the things that are causing your anxiety will just disappear, but at least you'll be able to handle it with more, excuse me, clarity. And the intermittent fasting for depression, like I said, it just kind of levels you out. And I think the the main benefit of the intermittent fasting for depression is that it um, it reduces inflammation in your body, which to me is the most important thing, reducing the inflammation in your body, right? And so when you reduce inflammation, inflammation has been linked to depression, dementia, uh, I was trying to figure out another D thing, uh, dominoes. I don't know, but um, but yeah, all the, all the D things. Uh, uh, d dystopia is that a word? I don't know, but but a lot of our the ailments in our body, arthritis, things like that, 
are, are all being linked to depression or inflammation, right? We got to blame somebody. Somebody has to be the bad guy. So look into those two things. And the way to, if you're like, oh, man, I can't go that long, the way that I do it is I make sure that when I do eat, here's the key, that you're eating nutrient-dense foods. You know, salmon, uh, grass-fed beef, lots of vegetables, um, lots of greens, making sure you're getting your vitamins and minerals in there, making sure you're getting your greens, make sure you're getting your omega-3s from, uh, from your fish or from turkey uh, or, or uh, tuna or just taking some fish oil supplements. But make sure you're eating uh, nutrient-dense real foods so that you're not starving um, during your intermittent fast, right? Um, and then when you break that fast, when you break it, uh, you know, break it with a, with a high protein, you know, with a, with a low keto uh, protein and vegetables, you know, some eggs with turkey and some cut up some squash um, up in there uh, and then save your uh, your carbs for around your lunch and your dinner time because the carbs will, you know, and I would even say skip skip the carbs at at uh, at lunch unless you need some, unless, you know, complex carbs from potatoes or sweet potatoes and the like. Um, and then you can have more carbs around dinner because then that is going to help you sleep, right? So definitely want to have carbs at dinner to help you sleep. But the key to intermittent fasting is not so much about the not eating part. It's more about making sure that you're fueling yourself with. Uh, and, and, I, and when I say nutrient dense, I'm not talking also about these protein, like the powdered shakes. Get real food in you. Real food. All right. All right. So let's go into. Uh, what we really came here to talk about, which is, oh man, we're 26 minutes in already. Uh, how to feel useful, creative, and uh, I forgot what the last thing. Uh, oh, and how to manage, uh, how, to, how to contextualize your emotions uh, so that um, it, it's not uh, scary to you. It doesn't, it doesn't scare you to, to feel things and to have an intensity of feelings. Um, so, the useful and creative part came up because I was talking to a friend today who is a, um, a stay-at-home mom, and she was saying how she, you know, staying at home, she doesn't feel useful and she doesn't feel creative, uh, or how much she wants to feel useful and wants to feel creative and doesn't feel that um, right now. And I realized a lot of people feel that way, uh, which is, in, which is uh, indicated by the number of people who complete suicide when they retire, especially first responders. There's, a, there's a, been a lot of talk about um, police officers, especially in New York City, but uh, first responders in general, uh, military vets when they come back from war. A lot of people when they are experiencing these transitions in life, where, whether they've lost a job or uh, resigned from a job or, or retired from a job, um, uh, wh whatever the, the, the situation regarding the transition, 
they start to feel useless. I, I was just watching a video about the CIA. The guy's a Navy SEAL and a CIA operative, retired, and uh, and and uh, feels useless. Uh, well, I don't know if he was CIA, but definitely a former Navy SEAL, and now feels a, a, a bit useless and uh, trying to figure out what he's going to do with his life. And I'm like, wow, a lot of people are walking around. And even I myself, sometimes I feel like that, like, what am I going to do today? Um, and so here are a bunch of tips to, to feel creative and useful. So just to address the useful part, right, it doesn't, I, I think part of why people struggle with feeling useful is because they are thinking about themselves. And, and I'm not saying this to attack. I'm saying this like, if you look around you, there's so many people around us that need help, whether your neighbor needs help cutting the grass or uh, getting groceries from the store or even in your neighborhood. I, you know, I, I live in uh, a, a nice area of L.A. And sometimes when I'm walking uh, into the building, there'll be trash here and there. And, and a part of my brain goes, that's not my job. It's not my job to pick it up. There's a, a, um, there's a landlord, there's somebody in the building uh, who's paid to pick this up. I'm going to leave it there. However, when I do pick the stuff up and, and throw it in the trash, I feel so much better about myself. And I feel better about the building. And I feel better about the community. And, and it makes me feel useful. It, it makes you feel useful to just do the things that need to be done in front of you without somebody having to tell you to do it, without someone having to pay you to do it, without someone having to, to ask or suggest that you do it. It's like, you know, look around your space, look around your community, look around your work, um, and just start doing things like what needs to be done and start doing that because doing begets doing, right? And then all of a sudden, the thing that you really want to do will become clear to you. But it, doing nothing leads to more doing nothing, right? I, I, like if I sit on a couch and do nothing, that leads to me then watching TV, which is more doing nothing, which then leads me to snacking and, and eating, more doing. I'm just, it's just this domino effect of doing nothing. But if I do the laundry, that usually leads me to doing the dishes, which usually leads me to then thinking of an idea for a script or a sketch or a podcast episode. So I write that down, which then leads me to, uh, you know, drawing up something on my dry erase boards, which then leads me to coming back to the laundry um, and then more creative ideas. And it just becomes this cycle of doing versus I'm just going to do this then and that now, and I don't feel like doing it. It's like, just do something, whether it's wash a window or uh, a, you know move furniture around. I rearranged my bedroom. I just or, you know put some stuff up on a wall. Uh, go by, just do something. Doing something leads to doing something else. And then you'll at some point get to the thing that you really want to do. And don't worry about the energy. Don't don't think that, oh man, I just uh, I'll just be wasting time if I if I'm doing you know a bunch of nothings. No, at some point the thing you really want to do will occur to you, and and then you'll get into a work flow. 
you'll be spending a little time doing this and that, and then all of a sudden you'll be off and running. But it's always good to do things for other people in terms of feeling useful. It's like, and, and it's like I made some almond milk the other day, and I gave that to some of my neighbors and, 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 and invited friends over, and it felt great. You know, I felt I felt useful. And then because then what it made me think about is um, buying almond milk bottles. And then, you know, because I, I have like a million almonds that I have soaking and I'm like, I can't eat all these. So I was like, why not just make a huge batch of almond milk and then give it to people uh, in the building? It's a way to make friends. It's a way to connect. It's a it's a way to get things done. And then that. You know, also making that almond milk gives me something to share with you all, right? Because remember, doing begets doing. So by making an almond milk, I get to share that with you. I'm now connecting with my neighbors, uh, and then I'm I, now I have to go out and buy bottles to to put the stuff in, and then you know who knows? Maybe it becomes a business. I mean, chances are it won't. It's not a sustainable model, but. Be doing begets doing. Start, whether it's dusting, taking notes, make some phone calls, send out emails. But there's so many ways that you can feel useful. But think about being useful in, in the grander scheme of things of how can you be useful to someone else? How can you help? And, and if you don't know, ask, hey, is there something I can do for you today? Is there something I can order for you, fix for you, clean for you, move for you? I just feel like I need to be doing something. And, and so at some point, somebody will find something for you to do. I have another friend um, who's a stay-at-home wife, and she doesn't need the money, but she works at a, a, at a store, you know, twice a week just to, just to feel useful, you know, to, to, um, to feel connected and have a purpose for her day. So... There are so many ways for you to feel useful, whether it's taking a friend out for lunch, schedule something, take a class. There are a million ways for you to feel useful. But remember, doing begets doing. And, and you don't have to figure it out right now. You can just write that down. How do I feel? How can I be of more service? How can I feel useful to other people? Um, and then start taking notes on those moments when you do feel useful so that you can replicate that. All right. Um, I want to go more into the creative side because, like I said, a lot of people are in transition. A lot of people um, are bored or they have extra time on their hand. You know, that's one of the things about all this uh, the artificial intelligence and uh, the technology is that it's, it's, it's in some ways made lives busier. But in other ways, it's given us more time to do things or do nothing, right? And so we have to fill the, that space with all the time that technology is buying us. Because now you can have your food delivered. Uh, you could have somebody come do your laundry. Um, there's just a million things you can automate. You could, your bills are automated. You don't have to go to the bank anymore. So like even the running of errands, you don't really have to run around that much. It's just a bunch of taking photos of stuff and, and sending it in, or you have things on auto pay. So with the extra time, it, and it's like there's only so much TV you can watch, so much Netflix and um, 
by the way, my favorite show is Mindhunters. Uh, season two is up, and I'm also watching Succession on HBO. Uh, love those two shows. Uh, all right. But uh, so here's some ways for you, for us to be more creative. Uh, number one, puzzle. Buy a puzzle. Buy a couple puzzles. Uh, going back, tying the, the puzzle to the, cre- the useful side, even if you don't like puzzles, buy a puzzle for someone else. Hey, hey, I thought about you, bought you a puzzle. You know, just even if they never even mentioned they want a puzzle, and maybe it's a puzzle with a picture of something that they're into, uh, but I bought a puzzle. Have I, have I even uh, tried to put it together? Yeah, I tried it once for like 10 minutes, and now I was just sitting there. But it's just cool to know in my head that I have a puzzle. <laughs> so doing things like a puzzle, even a Sudoku, Sudoku or Sudoku, Sudoku, yeah, you know that, that the number puzzle. Um, uh, that, it just, it just gets your creative juices going for uh, ideas and, and other things to pop into your brain. So one, do a puzzle. Two, change your environment. You, I mean, you got it. Listen, when I was in Chicago, you know, I was, I was in a hotel room, and across from the hotel one way was the mall, which I had already seen. And uh, I'm not a big mall person. Too loud. Too. It's too everything. It's it's it's, it's turned up. It's it's uh, being in a mall is like basically being in Vegas without the slot machines, right? So, uh, but uh, across from the hotel, the other direction was an IKEA. And in my head, I'm like, I got nothing I want to get from IKEA. I don't want to be in a store. But then I thought, you know what? Let me just go in there to just to get out the hotel. That was the whole thing. It's like changing my environment. I went in IKEA, and I tell you what, I wish there was an IKEA that was closer to my house. Because the thing I love about IKEA is that one, there's no pushy salespeople. They're not, hey, can I help you with something? Do you need anything? Nobody's in your face at all. They truly want you to explore and and, and relax. They even have uh, on the top level, there's a, a restaurant up there. And But what I really love is that, you know, all the rooms are set up like they're real rooms. So you, you go into a room. Um, so I went into all the rooms and sat on all the furniture. I sat on everything. I touched, like, I was like my mom again. Uh, I was trying out all the things. Um, even, I even went into a baby room, quote unquote, sat in a little rocking chair and envisioned myself holding a baby. I was like, oh, this is nice. I'm looking at the crib. I see the baby photos. I was like, oh yeah, this definitely makes me want to have babies. But it was only because I was in a baby room. Because then once I got into like the video game room, I was like, yeah, I want to have my boys over, we'll hang out, shoot some pool, watch movies. This would be dope. Forget that baby. So it was like every room that I went into conjured up uh, a different emotion, right? Uh, so change your environment. Go into a nice hotel. If, if you're not, even if you don't have the money, uh, nice hotels have huge lobbies. Ain't nobody going to bother you. You know, take a shower, clean, clean yourself up. And just go hang out in there, and just and just observe people, and and and, and or go into a crappy hotel, you know, R- rent rent a seedy hotel room if you're used to like the nice hotels, you know, just get 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 you one of those squeaky bed mattresses for the night, and see how that uh that works for you. But you know, go into a different coffee shop, try a different bar, restaurant, uh, bookstore, uh, change 
your environment. Move out the city. Move to another city. You know, in the last episode with, um, uh, not not the last episode, the second to last episode with uh, Marie Espy, she talked about radical living. And sometimes, excuse me, you just have to sell everything and move somewhere else. And maybe not even have an idea of where you're going or not really have the money. Maybe it's an inconvenient time, but it's always going to be inconvenient. Moving is never convenient. So to get creative, change your environment. Uh, number three, um, you know, have stuff for you to, that, that requires tactile stimulation, that requires you to work with your hands. Um, even with Marie Espy, we talked about uh, she had a sandbox in her room. So I had my hands all up in a sandbox. Um, making dinner uh, requires you because you're cutting up stuff. You got a knife. I love to buy. I love chopping up vegetables and uh, fruits. I have to buy a pineapple, cut off the head, and then peel it. Um, I, I love all that. I love just doing things with my hands. If I'm not doing something with my hands, then I'm eating with my hands. That's what I've realized. My hands always have to be involved in something, making or creating something, whether it's writing, cooking, uh, typing, something, my hands need to be engaged. For some people, it's their mouth. They need to always be talking, sharing, calling, blah, blah, blah. But for me, it's really uh, about uh, my hands and having my hands um, involved in uh, chopping, sewing, uh, twisting, screwing, whatever it is, right? Uh, Number four, novelty. Find some novelty in your life. Take a class you've never taken before. Uh, paint with watercolors. Um, you know, uh, everybody has a cell phone. Learn how to uh, how to shoot. You know, little sketches or, or scenes on your on your cell phone. Edit on. Just do it for yourself. It doesn't have to be anything for anyone else to see. Uh, who was I talking to recently or, or reading about? Oh, Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy talked about how he has. Uh, a million, not a million, I'm exaggerating, but he has a, a ton of songs that he has recorded and he said he will never release. He said the music is just for him. He doesn't want it to be judged by anybody. And so, you know, a lot of times we're thinking about how to make money off of things, how to share. It's like, listen, create just for yourself. Even if nobody else tastes the food or hears your music or reads your book I wrote a book. I'm never going to release that book. That book was just something that I had to get out of my soul, just something I had to I had to vomit out, just to have something on record. And then uh, later on, somebody will find it and read it, and uh, and and you know, they can judge me then. But I'm not I'm not putting that book out there to the world. Are you crazy? I'm not. Ha ha ha. Number five is uh, take a trip. Go somewhere. This goes back to changing your environment. But, uh, you know, go south, go north, go east, go west. Get in your car, say I'm going to drive 20 miles, and then wherever I'm ended up, I'm just going to explore and see what happens. Have some fun. Number six, uh, mentors. Get a mentor. When you have a mentor, that's somebody you can bounce ideas off of. Uh, Your mentor doesn't have to be somebody you pay. In our last episode with uh, Ninos Shamo, um, he talked about how uh, he uh, hired a mentor but your mentor is, could just be somebody who will, is willing to let you bounce ideas off of, but also can give you advice and things like that. So ask somebody to be your mentor. You know, post on Facebook, looking for a mentor. 
see what happens. That's what social media is great for. It's also great not just for you to express all of your 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 pain and angst and worries and 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 highlighted moments. It's also there for you to make requests and 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 seek out uh, help and assistance uh, when you need it uh, in the form of a mentor. And a beautiful thing about having a mentor is that it will allow you to network, build up your network of people. I don't really have a mentor per se, but uh, you know, my, Michael Yo is somebody who I can always call and uh, and bounce ideas off of. Um, I don't always like what he has to say, but um, I know that he'll listen and give me feedback. And um, and it's not so much that you're looking for somebody to give you the right answers. You're just looking for someone to listen and 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 uh, uh, at least uh, give you some another way to think about what you're thinking about, right? Or uh, can at least direct you in a direction that you need to go. So get yourself a mentor to feel more creative. Uh, number seven, read a book, man. Read it. Read a salacious book. Uh, I, I have. I love books. I'm. I'm been reading a bunch of heady books. Books, you know, uh, Moby Dick and uh, a bunch of self-help books. And I I think I need to just read like a, 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 a like a word porn book, you know, just a, one of those romance novels or something, uh, or like one of those crime, true crime detective series. Something so ridiculous, something so far left or right, whatever, um, to the extreme that uh, it, it sparks new ideas and uh, and, and uh, connects new dots. Because that's all ideas are. It's just you connecting the dots, which goes into uh, the next one is, you know, connect dots of two things that just don't seem to go together and, and figure out how they would go together. You know, uh, you, you look at hybrid cars, you look at uh, hybrid cars. Um, certain foods, you go to restaurants and... And you'd be surprised at the, the food combinations that these restaurants can, can come up with. And you're like, oh, I never thought about that. You can do that with your colors. You can do that with clothes. A lot of people, you know, uh, dress in funky clothes or putting things together that you really wouldn't think. Uh, why are you waiting to Halloween to put on uh, something funky? Put on, put on a costume today. Go on to work today in a, um, in a Gumby uniform or in a, a, you know, sexy, put on that sexy nurse outfit. Put that on today, you know. You don't have to wait until the 31st of October. Um, so connect things. Do, do you know, celebrate Christmas on the 23rd. Like, get, get out the comfort zone. Have, have dinner for breakfast and breakfast for dinner. All those things. Mix it up, man. Uh, next one, uh, watch, a, watch a TED Talk. TED Talks always give me new ideas, like, and, that, and that ties in to, you know, listening to a podcast, just listening to something different. So what I like to do is, uh, is sometimes I'll put my music playlist on random and just, because a lot of times we try to control everything we're going to, what we're going to watch next, what we're going to listen to next, what we're going to read next, and just try uh, listening or watching uh, it on shuffle and see what the next thing pops up is. Uh, and, and you'll be pleasantly surprised to find that um, even though it's not something that you picked, but, you know, once you get a few minutes into it, I mean, I, I was flipping through 
different shows on Netflix the other day, and I realized I would watch any of these shows if if the if the um, if the if I, if I had space for it. Does that make sense? Meaning, like, I'm gonna watch Succession because I, I'm really into that that show and uh, it's uh, the, the the dynamics of the character. But if my only option was a cartoon at the right time of day. I've had a long, crazy day. Uh, it was intense. Yeah, a 30-minute cartoon would work, uh, and it wouldn't matter what kind of cartoon it was, just something to kind of veg out and watch. Um, a cooking show, all those things. So I realized there's nothing I really wouldn't watch or listen to. It would just have to depend on uh, the, the It's all about the moment and the situation, and also who you're watching it with, like, um, I, I wouldn't go to the movies to watch a Pixar movie by myself, but definitely with my with my nephew, right? Um, another way to be creative is uh, study history. Going back to the show Succession on HBO, which we're not, I'm not sponsored by, uh, I just love that. I love that um, that TV show. The there's a scene in there. I'm not giving anything away. Where the the patriarch of the family is having this huge dinner and then all of a sudden he has everybody getting drunk and, and messed up and he's acting like he's drinking but he's not he's just drinking water but he's trying to get everybody sauced up at this dinner right he has a whole family and employees there and everybody there and then uh he flips it on him and starts drilling him about questions like because he thinks Somebody's out to get him, and he wants to know who's the turncoat, who who ratted him out, right? And the the whole thing was uh, when I watched it. When I watched the whole episode all the way through, at the very end, the director uh, talked about the the episode and and how he picked it was because he read Stalin's book on how Stalin would uh, weed out his enemies. Out of his out of his tribe and out of his group, and Stalin would have these elaborate dinners with music and and booze and alcohol and get people really drunk. And then when it got really late, uh, that's when um, he would f he would drill them and find out what was really going on because people is dr they're drunk and it's late. And then people really open up and share things with you. So studying history. Uh, will help you connect dots and, and open up uh, some ideas for you. Uh, steal ideas. That's the next one. I don't want to say steal, but you know when you're a kid, remember you got the tracing paper, and there would be a drawing there for you, and you would trace over the drawing. Um, I know comedians who would uh, watch other comedians and then write out the other comedian's set just to get it in their DNA of how the the, the uh, how other comedians write or come up with jokes and things like that. So copy, you know, copy a recipe, copy a painting, copy something. It'll at least it gets you in the doing moving uh, mode, right? So don't be afraid to uh, borrow ideas um, and for for inspiration. Speaking of inspiration, also have an inspiration uh, jar. I have a huge inspiration jar, jar that I put uh, quotes and words and ideas and things to do in. 
and I haven't I haven't put anything in there lately, but I know I have that that jar, and I could just stick my hand in there and and uh, and pull something out. Um, actually, let me go in a jar. I'm gonna pull something out right now and see what it is. So I'm back, and I'm going into the inspiration jar. Oh, this is a big piece of paper. What did I write down? Oh, I have a bunch of things written down. <laughs> what is this? Uh, I've written down red wine, peanut butter, sriracha, mustard. Interesting. I have no idea what that means. Uh, and then the second thing I wrote down was oatmeal, quinoa, beans, uh, curry powder, crushed. Are, oh, these are things that, uh, so this isn't, I was on a certain diet at the time. I guess it involved a little red wine. And this no longer applies. Yeah, I forget what what diet this was. And so I just, I listed a bunch of things that I, I need it, I think, yeah, and this is obsolete. So let's pull out another one and see what else is in there. Um, so I've written down, we don't plan to stick to the plan. We plan to prep in case we have nothing new. Plan and prep. Um Plan your meals, prep them. You may throw them out, but it's planned, prepped, done. It's not a waste of time. So that's what I've written down there, and that's pretty cool. Uh, that's pretty cool advice. Um, just about because I think a lot of times, like we we don't plan and prep things because we go uh, it probably won't happen, but you should do it anyway because it makes you feel useful and uh, creative, and then it's just done, right? And then you can move on to the next thing. So uh, last two things, last two ways to feel creative is use constraints. I really like this one. Use constraints. And what that means is, like, uh, like, with, like take cooking. Cook with only red foods, right? So red foods would be like red meat, red bell peppers, uh, red chilies, uh, tomatoes, radishes, beets, um, red chard. Um, there are a bunch of red foods. So it's a red onion. Um, so you could make an entire meal with just red foods. Uh, if, if you are uh, writing, you know, write a story with just uh, 40 words, beginning, middle, end, 40 words like those uh, haikus that are out there. Um, but uh, if you are practicing a sport, practice with a time constraint. If usually you're running uh, a 40 mile dash, run a 20 mile dash, um, but figure out how to, like whatever freedom you have, put a constraint on that. If uh, you usually watch an hour of television, watch 30 minutes of television. See what it feels like to watch, to intentionally, not fall asleep during, to intentionally watch an episode halfway through. Put a constraint on it. Uh, even going to the gym, usually spend an hour, ask yourself, what can you get done in 20 minutes in the gym? 
and see what happens, right? Um, put constraints on things and it will spur a creativity that you did not know that you had. Um, put a constraint on how much time you're going to be at the gym or, how, or uh, at the club or how many drinks you're going to have. Just try using constraints. Figure out um, where you can put a constraint on and then see what happens, right? Um, and then the last one is ask questions. You want to be more creative? Ask questions. And because we don't do that enough. We don't, we, you know, we, we like to always have the answer. That's what we like to do. We, lo we love, we love to have the answer. Oh, I, I know everything. Everything. Just come to me and, uh, and I got it. But now, ask questions, ask a ton of questions, and you'll feel so much better about yourself. That is, um, you know, why is this this color? Why is that that? What 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 would happen if this happened? What if we did this at night instead of in the morning? What if we move this over here instead of over there? Um, how does that work? Um, you know, just at you know, where where's the money? <laughs> where's the money? Where did I park my car? Like, ask questions, even if you know the answer. And I, I say this a, a lot, right? Even if you know the answer to the question, ask it anyway. Ask it, and here's what's great. If you really <laughs> want to answer to something, ask a nine-year-old, ask someone your age, and then ask someone uh, twice your age, right? The same question, and see what the answers are. You know, whether even if it's about money, you know, it's it'll be you'd be fascinated by the answer you get from. Uh, a nine-year-old about marriage versus someone else, your age about marriage and then someone, uh, uh, an elder about marriage. That's the importance of either having kids or being with kids or being around kids and, and being around our elders is that it gives us access to different ways of seeing the world. It opens up our, our view. It gives us a 360 versus uh, a 180 or a 25 degree angle. Ask people from of different ages, of different um, ethnicities, ask people of different, and here's another way you can do that, right? So say you're having a relationship issue, right? Uh, communication, whatever. Google how other countries view marriage. Google how other countries, pick any country, Poland, uh, Pakistan, Africa, Nigeria, or Africa is a continent. Um, but pick other countries and like, hey, how, how is marriage viewed in their country? How is uh, grieving, if you're grieving, if you're going through a loss, how do, how do they handle it? You know, New Orleans, they throw pr uh, funerals in the streets. You know, so to really explore how other cultures and other age groups and other uh, ethnicities and countries, how how do they handle what you're going through right now? That would be a very interesting. Um, I'd love to see like a video or a book or something on that. On you know even finances, how do they handle loss? How do they handle work? Right in America, you know we work nine to five. You go to Spain, they take 
siestas, right? So um, Google that. Find out how other people work, and uh, you'd be surprised by that. Um, last thing, wow, I, I wasn't expecting it to take that long on the creativity part. But, um, uh, oh, man, I think, I'm, I think that's going to be a part two. Part two, I'm going to talk about managing your emotions. I'm just going to stick with the creativity for this episode. This is a lot. My voice is already getting sore. Um, <laughs> I, I appreciate you guys for tuning in. And, uh, and go out there and create something. It's not enough for you to just say, okay, but decide today. How can you be, ask yourself, how can you be more useful? How can you be more creative in terms of even in handling your your um, your moods and, and the way that your 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 coping skills, right? Uh, your loneliness, your anxiety, things like that. Um, there, there's there's a way to be creative about how we are addressing our needs and our wants, and even asking ourselves uh, questions. So. Uh, creativity is not just for the painters. It's also it's for all of us, and we're all creative in different ways. And uh, we all are of some use, uh, whether to ourselves or to our community. Um, just make yourself of use. Nobody has to know, right? That's the thing about being useful is it's not something that uh, somebody has to pat you on the back for. It's just something you're doing for yourself, Um to get you to that feeling of being useful, which then builds your confidence. Excuse me. Oh. Which then builds your confidence, and then you'll you'll want to do other things and, and want to share other things with other people. All right, so as per usual, this episode is not, and once again, it is not a substitution for um, what I say, it's not a substitution for calling the suicide number. Which, by the way, they might be changing. Uh, they're working on changing it to a three-digit number. So soon, this one eight hundred suicide number is going to be, I think, nine eight eight or nine nine eight. It's going to be one of those two iterations, which is exciting because uh, that's just a long thing that to have to type in when um, when the sandstorm. Uh, is 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 really uh, uh, kicking up, right? So, make the phone call, get therapy, talk to someone, talk to anyone, call a stranger, uh, even even call a grocery store and be like, and and <laughs> you know, even if, if you don't have a friend, you don't have somebody you can talk to, just just call a random business and and start spewing out your your emotions, uh, or or call customer service for your cell phone, you know. Uh, call them, try to negotiate something, and then while they're waiting, just kind of dump your emotions on them. Uh, it'll be <laughs> because they're professional; they have to listen. That's the thing. So you don't need to call one eight hundred suicide. You can you can call uh, your 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 phone company Sprint, AT and T, and ask them to negotiate your bills and stuff, and they kind of weave in your your emotional trauma through that. Of like, hey, I just really need you guys to. Uh, to lower my, my phone bill because uh, I'm going through some really rough times right now. I lost my mom and my dad and my dog and my job. And, you know, just kind of, and, and, and uh, you're just trying to get it out, right? And, uh, 
and and maybe you'll get your phone bill lowered, you know, as as a result. So there's a bunch of free therapy out there. Um, remember, uh, don't sue me because that that's not real medical advice or <laughs> that's not real clinical advice. What I just gave you, but uh, but have some fun with it. Get creative, and we will talk to you soon.